Blog Talk Radio. Day here in Vancouver, British Columbia. You and, I right in. and today we're going to be exploring a very important topic, uh, something that affects all of us, no matter what we're going through, and that is really, you know, our relationship to ourselves and how we develop that and work with that, you know, no matter what's happening in, in our lives, as long as we have a uh, consciousness and awareness, we can be working on developing that relationship and how it affects us and our relationship with others. For those of you tuning in perhaps for the first time, uh, as I said, my name is Michael Gordon and you're listening to the Mind Whisperer program here on Blog Talk Radio or maybe on iTunes as a downloadable podcast. Uh, we have a Facebook page, which is facebook.com forward slash the Mind Whisperer. I invite you to uh, join the Facebook page and um, keep the show building and growing. Uh, appreciate your interest and your support in all these topics that we cover on the show. Occasionally we have uh, guest interviews and we want to be doing more of that and um, always appreciate your comments and feedback and suggestions. So today I want to introduce something uh, from the uh, Buddhist uh, teachings and that is a term that you might have come across, or maybe not, uh, the term is metta. And metta is most commonly translated from the Pali language uh, as loving kindness. But there's another aspect to it that I want to draw out today because it really relates to this issue of how we uh, make space, allow for space to occur. And I'll get into what that means in just a moment. But the idea of metta is, of course, loving-kindness is a is an intention and a practice towards all other beings, and it's something that we want to cultivate and have as our habit and our way of being. But it must begin with ourselves. And so another way of explaining that term or defining that term is unconditional friendliness. So loving kindness, unconditional friendliness. What do we mean by friendliness? What we really mean is creating a, 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 a what they call a cradle or a container of loving kindness. That you are you are allowing for whatever it is that is present in your mind or in your body or in your emotions to simply be. That you don't have this antagonistic relationship with yourself. And, you know, again, with uh, meditation, for example, one way of um, translating, in fact, from the Tibetan, the, the translation of the word meditation actually means 
familiarity. So it's a familiarization with your the habits of your own mind and what your habitual patterns are of thought and feeling and emotion and your relationship to your experience. And so as we are able to bear witness and make that space, that cradle of loving kindness uh, for our own experience, and this could be in your waking moments uh, as you just, as you would with a friend, um, sort of peacefully abide with whatever is happening for you. It could be a very powerful emotion of anger or jealousy. It could be an overwhelming desire for something or craving. Whatever it is, these are all uh, patterns of, of emotion and thought and what, what we call conditioning. Con- the conditions of, of um, your own mind and the nature of your own mind. And so to understand that and recognize it, it's almost like you're training a puppy. You know, puppies can be very uh, unruly and mischievous and they chew your favorite slippers or furniture or um, you know, other belongings around the house and maybe they nip and bite and you know, piddle on the floor and, you know, it becomes very irksome and annoying. And this is what our mind and our ego can can be like, that there's these repeating patterns of thought and emotion that work against us, our our annoyances, our impatience with ourselves, our impatience with where we are. And you can only really ever be where where you are, no matter how much you want to be in a different process, in a different state of mind and emotion, you have to work with what's happening now. And that's what this term metta means, is to peacefully abide. It's to it's like a parent. You just create the safe, loving embrace around what you're experiencing. Why is this so important? And how does it relate to the topic today about um, allowing for what is, making space? Well, a lot of the time... Our difficulty with what we're experiencing is a sense of being closed in by it. And the mind starts to react, and it's almost like a shrinking or a condensing or a collapsing in a claustrophobic feeling. And the more that you feel that feeling, the more that you, uh, neuropsychologically speaking, the more that you experience that, your brain gets triggered into that uh, reactive state, and it starts to amplify negative thoughts and negative emotions. And so you have this kind of collapsing in, this tunneling in effect that life is attacking us, life is uh, that our own emotions. And there's nothing more terrifying than your body overwhelming your mind. And what I mean body, I mean that your emotional reactions or your visceral felt embodied emotion. Um, This is what, uh, you know, I believe Eckhart Tolle is referring to when he talks about the pain body. I don't particularly like that term, but uh, you just experience the the felt uh, condition of that emotional intensity. Let's say it's fear or anticipation or jealousy or resentment or hurt, emotional hurt, woundedness. And so you can take the situation and really run with it. And the mind can really as I said, you know, amplify and run amok with what's happening. And this, of course, creates all kinds of problems because it uh, takes us out of our uh, center, out of our seat, as it were, of just observing and abiding what's happening. 
and it actually distorts the reality that is at hand. I mean, reality is reality. It is what it is. Um, one of the things that I have said many times is, you know, if you're going climbing, mountain climbing or hiking, okay, and you're climbing up the mountain face, um, you can't spite the mountain because it's difficult. <laughs> and the you know, nature is, um, can be very unforgiving. But to personalize that and say that the mountain is somehow against us, that um, that we have to conquer the mountain, is a very destructive attitude. It is what it is. It's a vertical peak, and it's something you've chosen to do. And um, the struggle that we have to um, climb up, for example, we can personalize and say that there's that sense of antagonism happening. And so we all face mountains in our experience where we are faced with a situation or uh, something internally, a process that we're going through. Maybe it's um, being laid off at our job or we've gotten a diagnosis of an illness or um, we're having conflict with our loved ones. Maybe it's just training a puppy. But again, you come squarely up against your own conditioning and that uh, disconnect between the cells that we want to be and the way that we want to be experiencing something and the way that we are. And so the practice of mindfulness and meditation, for example, or mindful awareness, is to simply make some time to observe that process within yourself when you're not faced with an immediate task or a threat. And that can just be simply sitting in a relaxed posture, in a chair, on a cushion. Your body is in as relaxed state as possible. Your breathing is relaxed. And you are just noticing what's happening. And that creates what, we, you know, what we're describing today in terms of metta, that you are making this peaceful abiding space for whatever needs to arise. And a sense of um, empathy and compassion for yourself like you would a friend. You know, when we often um, or occasionally have friends who are going through difficult times, and sometimes all you need to do is just sit and be present with them. You don't need to be their therapist or um, their guru. I mean, you, you just make the time to be with them, and there's something very soothing and uh, reassuring about your presence. And so we begin with that practice with ourselves. And so how does making space figure into that. Well, making space is describing the experience of just observing in a neutral way without judging how many different arrows come in at us and really observing where those arrows come from. What's the point of origin of those arrows? Of hurt, of jealousy, of anticipation, of, of uh, overwhelming desire, what we call the discursiveness of the mind racing about so many different things, past, present, future, all over the map. And literally you're making the space in your day to engage in that practice. But at the same time, it's as if you are waiting for traffic to clear or the clouds have suddenly you know, burst open a huge sudden rainstorm and you take shelter under an awning or under a tree or whatever 
to wait out that temporary thunderstorm. Or maybe you're trying to undo a knot. That's happened in uh, uh, a, a drawstring or something. And we get very frustrated and we pull the knot because we're in a hurry and the knot in our shoelace or whatever it may be. But it, with the mind, to simply make that space and to calmly observe and be present allows that situation to breathe, allows that emotion, that physicality to breathe, to open up. And from that space, of, we're just making space for that to happen. Uh, it settles our mind. It settles our our, our reactivity and our uh, discomfort with ourselves. And again, you know, when we uh, make time for a friend, for example, it really is making that time, that gesture of making time for somebody else that in and of itself is very reassuring and comforting and loving. That's loving kindness. It's not what you say. It's not what you do. It's not some insight that you have. It really is just the gesture and the um, generosity of spirit to make the time for somebody else. And perhaps you do say something, or even just by your presence, you are allowing for the other person to um, let go. Just let go of their emotion, let go with, of feeling their emotion, or feeling so alone in what they're feeling. And there can be a tremendous loneliness in our own internal experience with what we're going through, a sense of isolation. And again, this experience of um, simply making space for it can let it breathe, can, can give it a voice or give it some air so that it can um, relax a little bit. And what we do, what, we're, what we are learning in that experience, in that new relationship to us with ourselves, that kind of unconditional friendliness, is that our mind really is like the vast expanse of the sky. The consciousness is not limited to the contours of our brain, of our cranium. That consciousness and mind itself is pure energy. And it's it's like an ocean. And one of my favorite things is that you know, disturbing emotions are like um, a wave in the ocean. So to a tiny boat, a big wave is overwhelming. But to the ocean, a wave is nothing. And so that, is, it, that space is also about a sense of perspective. That when you are making space in that grand sense that you are the observer, then you are connected to that uh, universal, expansive, limitlessness uh, of mind and consciousness. And whatever occurs within that container can be um, observed or dissipated and, in fact, calm. It's like a pool of water. And if um, a bug or a pebble or a raindrop disturbs the surface of that water and creates a ripple, after a period of time, that wave will... Um, the amplification of that wave, the, the, the peak of that wave, and how much disturbance it has in the water, will settle. And it will elongate and eventually become neutral again. And so we can create that actual experience for ourselves with the, with the wave forms, with our brain waves. 
the waveforms in our own mind of, our, of the activity of thought. If you look at it from a neurocognitive point of view, or if you look at it from a, a Buddhist psychological point of view, it's that act, that wave and stormy-like quality of our experience that if you make space for it, can settle. And that gives us the benefit of having um, great confidence to weather the storm, to feel that, you know, and to know that we are at the helm of our own ship and that we can stay the course. And there's nothing um, specific or um, out of our reach that we should know or do or there's no magical solution that we're supposed to have. It's this relationship to ourselves and our experience, this sense of unconditional love like a parent to the erratic quality and the, and the troubled quality of our ego and our mind that calms it. And so we bring it back to this peaceful uh, practice of making space, of allowing for whatever is. And again, the more you try and suppress an emotion or suppress a thought, um, you're reinforcing the old conditioning, which is that you are fighting yourself, that you um, have to stop feeling what you're feeling, that you don't like that aspect of yourself, which can be very self-destructive. And so one way to express this new approach, um, for example, with uh, Pema Chodron, who's a very well-known Buddhist nun, an American teacher, in the Tibetan tradition, um, and she has you know wonderful, very practical language and, and um, teachings around the, the, these uh, practices. And she puts it thusly that in difficult times, in times when we're really struggling with something, that's when you lean in. You lean in to those points that feel sharp, because they, it's really only an experience. It's not. To the mind, the mind knows no difference, especially to the limbic system or the fight or flight center of the brain. The internal cue that something is very dangerous, what I'm feeling or the thought about what's going to happen in my life or what that person said to me can feel very pointed. It can feel like a sharp spear. But in fact, when you lean in to that difficult emotion, when you stay in that space, it cannot sustain itself because it, you, you have the continuing experience that it is just a thought, it's just an emotion, and it will pass. And it does pass. No matter how bad it is, it does pass. Women, for example, know this with, um, you know, women who have um, given birth, that they experience these um, very painful contractions. But, they're, you know, if you train uh, to breathe through them, you can minimize how overwhelming they are and how painful they are. But eventually they do pass. And so all of us have that experience of going through difficult things. But 99% of it is in your mind um, and how your mind handles it and what, what effect that has on the rest of the body and our, our physical experience, managing, managing that pain or managing that emotion. And so we can really make ourselves sick from worry or anticipation or taking in that spear uh, of negative thought or even things that people real things that people have done it's still our relationship to that experience that we're in control of if somebody says something cruel towards us they can say it but if we take it in 
and make a story out of it and let it pull in energy from other uh, experiences that we've had or negative things that we feel about ourselves, then we can really give it a lot of strength. But we can also allow it to just pass through. And so that's what we mean today by talking about making space and allowing for what is. It really is just seeing it clearly and having that sense of control and peaceful abiding and um, unconditional support no matter what we're experiencing. Well, I hope that's been a benefit for you today. That's our program. Uh, thank you very much for listening in. I see a few of you on the chat forum. And remember, you can always call into the program, although you may be listening in to the recorded show. And all of our shows are archived here on blogtalkradio.com forward slash the mind whisper. Hope you have a wonderful day. And you take uh, whatever I've said today in a positive way that uh, may be, help you and be a benefit in your life. My name is Michael Gordon. It's been my pleasure to host you today on the Mind Whisper. Until next time.